0: Hey there, Paisani, and welcome back to the Italian American Podcast. This week's episode is the first half of a special event that we did with the members of our New Neighborhood online membership group. The New Neighborhood's a great way to participate with the Italian American Podcast, and one of the amazing benefits that comes with membership is not only the ability to support what we're doing here on the platform, but also a chance to hang out with us in what we call the New Neighborhood, our private Facebook group. These are our hardcore fans, the best supporters we could ask for, hundreds of Italian-Americans who've come together to support our show, but also interact with one another. We get some great discussions in this group, a lot of interesting stuff, and we thought it would be great for Italian-American Heritage Month to sit down for an hour and invite those of our new neighbors who wanted to participate to come in and ask us questions. And we recorded the event live and figured we'd bring it here to you, our listeners, for what really turned out to be some interesting questions and a lot of great discussion and a chance to meet the people who support our show. Now, like everything we do here at the Italian American Podcast, what was supposed to be an hour turned into two, and so we decided instead of cutting out questions, we're going to cut the show into two parts, and you're going to get the next part a few weeks from now. Now, even though we recorded this last week, this show is quote-unquote live in the sense that while the episode's been edited for time, these are the real questions that we got and the discussions that followed. So we hope you enjoy the conversation, and maybe you'll consider joining us in the new neighborhood real soon.
2: you get stuffed with ravioli.
1: If your mama's a paisano, you will have the
2: world on a plate. So see that you're born in an Italiano and your life will be great.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Italian American Podcast. I'm your moderator, John Viola, and continued well wishes for happy, happy, happy Italian American Heritage Month to everybody out there. And today we got a really special show for you. It's the closest we've ever come to anything live. So what we're doing tonight is really special. For those of you who are new to the podcast, we've got a great tradition around here that Dolores and Anthony started eons and eons ago when the show was just a little baby show called The New Neighborhood. It's made up of some of our best fans and supporters and a great Facebook group that's part of it where we can participate with one another and chit-chat, share stories, ask questions. And so we thought... In celebration of the last episode of Italian American Heritage Month, and as we've all gotten so used to these virtual remote get-togethers throughout the course of the past six or seven months, it'd be nice to institute a new tradition and begin this virtual Q&A episode. So we sometimes have had audience question episodes in the past, but this time they're going to be live with us and you're going to get to hear the members of our new neighborhood and have them join in with what they think is important and stuff they want to know or questions about the show. And we're going to try to really keep it as light on the edits as possible, so you get a little bit of interaction with what we actually do here on a regular basis. So glad to have everybody back. And first of all, I just saw the first lady of Italian-American podcasting, Dolores Alfieri Taranto, joined us. I thought you were busy. So welcome, Dolores, wherever you are.
3: Hi, can you hear? I can hear you. You can hear me? Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I'm glad you made it. Can you see me? No.
3: Oh, really?
0: Is that on purpose?
3: <laughs> Wait, there I am no it's just like all these
0: great shirt one of my top 10 <laughs> italian american shirts
3: i have to say so i've been wearing this all day actually and then when i realized i could jump on i was like oh i should probably change and i thought no no i'll wear this in honor of john
0: well it is that's really legitimately on my top 10 list <laughs> and uh we've got two of the other co-hosts in our family here pat and anthony and i just want to point out dolores is wearing the face that's with San Gennaro shirt. Anthony's wearing the I am Italian shirt, which I just chained out of two minutes ago because I was cold. So <laughs> thankfully, we're not wearing the same thing. And Pat, I can only see your picture.
3: Well, see, you're wearing the button down. You're wearing like the professional button down. Just uh, I had debated doing something similar, but this seems fitting. I
0: had my I am Italian shirt on, but it, I'm cold and it's cold in this back room that my wife lets me have my stuff on the <laughs> shelf in. So
3: I like the setup, though. It looks good.
0: It's all fake. This is the only stuff in the room. Everything else is white, so.
3: Doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: That's absolutely right. That's all
2: you need. <laughs> guys, can I can I tell them a secret?
0: You got a secret? What?
2: I'm going to tell you guys a secret. You can say all whacked out stuff because then he just edits it out. So just let it free because that just gives John more to do. Thank you. So I need that. That's like what I do. I just say whacked out stuff for two hours and then he just like cherry picks out. It's a literal fact.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you're making a confession? <laughs> You do it just to challenge me?
2: Bless me, father. You know what I'm flipping through now? I'm looking for a square spring form pants. <laughs> so random.
0: You're doing that as we're on.
2: Yeah, I got a multitask. In your in your car?
0: <laughs> in your car. Yeah, I'm in
2: my car on the phone. Well, I'm parked. What are you making? I'll tell you why. I'm in a Pondispania spanya kicking my life. Oh boy. But I think if you make it in a square spring form, it comes out much easier.
3: Anyone? So I mean, that's my next
2: item of clutter in my life.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, I know you, you're the expert of pots, pans, tinder. I don't even know what you call home yeah, goods. I love pans. Yeah, you do.
2: NASA doesn't have the quality of pans I have. That's an
4: Italian-American tweetable. I love pans.
2: <laughs> I love pans. Listen, a pan is a tool. Some guys are into drills. I'm into pans. Not
4: false. No, no it's you true. Said it
3: out loud. It's true. Pat, I have to tell everybody that whenever Pat comes to your house, well, especially if it's like an event, he always brings his mother's cake, the name of which I'm forgetting. I'm sorry.
0: Jersey City cake.
3: Oh, okay. Jersey City cake. But he doesn't just bring it in like a Tupperware that he then wants back at the end of the night. It always comes on some kind of like really nice imported from Italy serving tray that you keep. That he's like giving it's his way of giving you a gift. Just it's that's very pat. And I I want to tell you, Pat, that my mom yesterday, she had the um the latest platter that you brought over on Sunday for for Angela's birthday. And she's got it on her island. And she was like, You always bring such nice trays when he comes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> really? Thank
4: you. I have a great Thank
3: you. She like flipped it over. She's like, Look, like it's right made in Italy, or, where it's from. She's you like, I'm you like <laughs> That's the way he is. Yeah. It's a
0: great gift giver.
3: He is.
2: Thank you. I got to find the square. Isn't this like horrible? We're still zooming in. Pay right. attention. Guys, yeah, these people the have way? lives. <laughs> and then okay. they don't want to talk to they can hang up. It's a free country.
0: All right, let's. Stephanie has lined up some questions. So let's, let's try see, to do now, this. No, hold
2: on. I'm going to say something, Chef. Now that people see how I'm abused, see how they treat me like a child? Yeah. They lock me up in like the pen. Yeah, go ahead. And pay him compliments. Rough life. You got it, bad. Pat, you're not muted. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. It's coming.
3: Stephanie's tough.
0: All right. So, Stephanie sent me the first question.
2: Rock and roll.
3: hope they're not hard questions because it's late and I have a one year old, so I don't have all my wits about me.
4: Pat Pat's got <laughs> all the answers, though.
3: It's true.
0: <laughs> she said, we're going to go first to Susan. So, Susan, welcome to the Italian American Podcast.
1: Well, thank you. It's wonderful to be here and to see everybody. Nice to uh, get together with the community. Um, I was curious, how did the podcast start? And I know it's been going for a while, but I'd love to hear a little bit of the history and, and how you established it. And, and it's grown tremendously, and I'm, I'm delighted to be a part of it.
0: Thank you. We're gonna turn that one to mom and dad. Dolores and Anthony, you guys wanna tell everybody how the show
4: started?
3: Yeah, I always let Anthony start this one because it really started with him. Uh,
4: sure. So I don't know how many years ago it was now. I can't remember, but um maybe I f- I don't know, five. four, five, five? Five.
3: It's almost six.
4: Almost six years ago. So I guess I just you know, I was I think, yeah. I was probably You were in high school then, weren't you? Or were you in, in high school? school? Just got out of
2: kindergarten.
4: No, I was, uh, you know, I was like in my mid thirties and I kept people always ask you like, what's your nationality? And I would always say like, I'm Italian, I'm Italian. And at one point in time, I'm just like, I, I don't really know what that means, like beyond like where I really came from in Italy, where my family came from. And so my grandparents have been getting older and I decided that, you know, I should probably go talk to them and ask them questions and figure out kind of the family history. And so I started doing that and I got a, I got a lot of information, and I don't know what it was, but I kind of just felt like maybe this is something that I should record. And I started recording it. And then I was like, you know, maybe this is something that could be done on a broader basis so that, you know, other Italian Americans could think about doing the same thing. And at the time I was going to start this podcast and I was like, you know, I need to have like a co-host. I need to have someone do this with me because I certainly don't think I could handle it on my own. And Dolores, who is related to my sister-in-law I had known Dolores for many years we grew up in the same town I was like you know what Dolores would be perfect so I called Dolores I'm like you want to do this she's like yes and and we started doing it and we started getting a lot of traction with it and then John at the time was with NIAF and so we wanted to kind of build the podcast um, and find different channels to do that and so we we found NIAF and we reached out to John and we had a meeting with John and you know, NIAF took out a sponsorship and started helping us grow the show and, uh, you know, kind of, I guess the rest is, you know, pretty much history. I mean, we, we did it for a long time. And then once John left NIAF, he was like, you know, I really want to get involved with this as well. And then John got involved, Rosella got involved, Pat got involved, and we've kind of been growing it in different ways now. And and so that's the history. But the thing that really goes back to, again, is just like recording family stories, you know, that's like a fundamental thing. And We still get people. I know from time to time, and we've had many people that say, "You know, because I listened to the podcast, I started calling my grandparents and recording some stories." And that's really fundamentally like the 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 origin. So that's 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 my part of the story, at least.
0: Adolorata, you got to, you want to throw in there?
3: Yeah, I think he I think he really summed it up. I mean, the the one thing I can always add is that we really did not envision growing into what it is right now. Um, Not that we, like, didn't think we could do it or something like that. It just, I don't know, like, there was no framework for it. I mean, you know, kind of the original Italian-American podcast. And although, as it did grow, we had a lot of hope and started to see ideas like the new neighborhood and um, hoped that it would, in some way, fill the lack. We were continuously talking about with guests and with listeners, you know, this fact that we don't live in Italian enclaves anymore. A lot of us live far away from our families, but it's just grown in a way that we really couldn't have seen. It was just a passion project. I mean, it still is, but um, I remember when I said yes to Anthony, I thought, I mean, like how much work could this possibly be, you know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: it'll just be like you know a couple like an interview here and there what's the big deal and my gosh like I had no idea how much work yeah uh it was that's, that's true. and would be sure. <laughs> yeah
4: I, I think too just one thing to add that I didn't envision was I did think it'd be a lot of like Dolores and I in the beginning like talking to our families and like recording memories and stuff but actually like we ended up getting some of these guests like right out of the gate that were really like Adriana Trigiani and these big guests and we were like floored by that but I think what it showed us was that regardless of you know whether someone's celebrity or you know your neighbor um, everyone likes to talk about their culture you know and their origin and, and their family stories and so that was a big component of the podcast I think that continues to live on is that you know, when it comes down to anybody, you know, a lot of Italian Americans just like talking about their their stories, and that that's kind of helped us to find some great guests, and I think grow the show in different ways, and so that was an exciting part of it, for sure. I mean, there was plenty of calls where we're like, I can't believe, you know, we're about to call, like, Lydia, or whatever whatever it was, and we're like, yeah. you know, we, we watched her on TV, but we're gonna talk to her, I mean, you know, we talked, met Mike Piazza, and we went to You know, with Tony reality and all these people, so that was a cool part of the show. But I think it just tells you that the culture is something that people just like to talk about.
3: They do, yeah. And we we would always tell people like, oh, we just ask for a half an hour of your time, and then it'd be like an hour and a half later, and they'd still be talking to us because yeah, a lot. The thing people don't realize is a lot of celebrities, especially, they have like a kind of canned routine that they give you when they go on, uh, like they do interviews and press. And then they would come on our show and we'd be talking to them about things that, you know, like nobody ever asks them about, right? People are usually asking if, if you're Mike Piazza, they're asking you about sports. If you're right. Lydia, right? It's about cooking. Um, and so we would just dig really deep into, to, into things they just didn't get to talk about a lot and their family and their traditions and their memories. And they would just want to keep talking, which is good because we don't mind talking. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Speaking
0: of, uh, I have a mini announcement to make because it's a, a momentous occasion, our first ever live recording. And Rosella has, in fact, joined us. So, Ro.
5: I uh, Ro! You worked all day <laughs> yeah, today,
0: ride, and you Ro! still made time. God bless you. How you doing?
3: Hardest working girl in show business right there.
0: Welcome to the live show. The new neighborhood's all here. And uh, as Stephanie tells me, our next question coming up is Charlie Sparra. Charlie, are you on?
2: Hey, guys. Hey, Charlie. Welcome. Hey, Charlie. How are you, Charlie? Nice to see you on uh, here, Charlie. Good to hear from you, Pat. It's a pl- it's a pleasure to have you here.
3: Pat's going to use his camera is all I'm going to say. <laughs> not today.
2: <laughs> yeah. Why do I got to use my camera for? You know what I look like.
3: Why do I got to use mine?
2: <laughs> I have not, I, listen, this is like radio.
5: Sorry, Charlie. You never,
2: you never <laughs> saw like, Rush Limbaugh or Bob Grant. It was the radio.
5: That's what, that's, that's the, that's I the haven't radio. seen you in months. I've forgotten what you look like. <laughs>
2: I know, I know.
0: You missed him when he had the long hair.
3: Uh, I didn't get to see that either.
2: Oh, terrible. Oh, my God, I look terrible.
0: That was the best.
2: I went six months without a haircut. <laughs> Charlie, I'm sorry, Charlie. We're cutting you off. What's Charlie. your
0: question? Who's it for? If, if Charlie, anybody why do specific. you listen
2: to us? I don't know.
4: if <laughs> Pat, us. you're Stop. good, buddy. You're good. <laughs> so I, I kind of have a question that I think I know the answer to already, but Um, I've been involved in a ton of uh, Italian-American organizations since I was in high school. Um, And now, uh, one of the things that happens all the time is like this constant burnout. You know, you're stretching yourself so thin, doing, um, you know, something for this organization, something for that organization. I wanted to know what keeps you guys going. And like I said, I think I know the answer. I think you guys are the glue. And I think you guys are exactly what the Italian-American community needs. Uh, But I want to know. From each of you, what keeps you guys going to keep doing the
0: podcast? Pat and I always say some childhood trauma that's gone undiagnosed, (laughs) actually, (laughs) is what keeps us doing this every day. I don't know. For me, I don't know how to do anything but be Italian. That's all I do.
5: I feel like the podcast is like the easiest part of all of this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, probably.
5: (laughs) It's quite
2: true. This is enjoyable. It's like all the podcast is is a phone call, is our personal conversation at The end of the day,
0: we're losing you, Pat. Say it again. You
4: hear me now. Yeah, now you.
0: your connection's no good. He, just,
4: he was just saying though that basically the podcast is when we just get together and talk and kind of hang out and have conversations, which makes it easy. Um, but you know, I think to Charlie's point, you're you're always in a, a situation where you have things that are competing on your time, which is a which is a challenge. I think for everybody in the world that we live in today. I know for me, I haven't been on the podcast much lately with this pandemic i mean i got kids doing you know i just told john my daughter had her confirmation meeting on zoom tonight i was helping her get going on that um there's just so many different things going on but i think at the end of the day like probably most of us grew up with like a close knit family and we want to keep that going and so we do these type of things to try to keep that going and keeping people together and i think the podcast i'm speaking for myself the podcast is one way that we i can contribute to that you know that's what i feel like well
0: said. i do think it helps to just have the time to spend with friends too and catch up because pat always jokes that the stuff that we don't air is the good stuff 100 <laughs> percent.
2: i wish you guys could because we talk about people we don't like <laughs> that's the best part of the show
0: yeah so this we is cut usually out
3: and i think that's kind of good i don't know what he I'll said cut he was, that out talk about beep, beep,
0: beep. <laughs> he said we talk about people that we don't like
2: Oh did he say that? Oh did I, I drop hear. out? Can you hear me now? Nah,
0: I
4: can hear oh, you. Oh, loud and clear.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I, no, I want everybody to know that it's not you guys, it's people in the attack community we can't stand. True. And we talk about them. So yeah, when all well, it's an hour that you hear and an hour that John has to cut out cuz we say stuff.
5: One leave, right on. like the uncut episodes, like the special access, like <laughs> talking episodes that we
0: I can't imagine ever releasing those to the public <laughs> that somehow that would come back to haunt one of us.
3: Did anyone actually answer Charlie's question, though?
0: Why do we keep doing it?
3: Why do we keep oh, no. He said, how do you keep doing it? Right, either Charlie? Or, either
4: or. Yeah. It's very
0: literary, Dolores. Yeah. I don't even know the difference between those two. <laughs> how
3: do
0: you, I don't know. Like,
3: how do you keep going? Like, what gives you the energy
5: to keep doing it? Well, I th- I think everyone here has said, like, it's time for me to quit. Like, it's time for me to stop. I know. I, I we're all kind of professional Italian-Americans in one sense or another. And I, I don't know. I've been on, especially in the past few months, I think we've all been on the phone with each other, like, we're done.
4: I'm done. <laughs>
5: so, that's it. I'm going to buy an ice cream truck and sell ice cream phones, and that's going to be the my- you, you don't, we you can't, we can't do anything else. I don't think we have any other skills, personally. I don't. <laughs> I don't have,
0: I have nothing. I've tried two years. No, hold on,
2: hold on. Uh, can <laughs> oh I jump God. in? Can I, that can I jump in? That is but, probably Ro, you, Ro, I, I gotta say this. Mute everybody, let me get this I gotta get the microphone on this everybody. I need, the con- I need the conch yeah. shell undisputed on this one. Out of all of us, you, Ro, have made the greatest contribution. Because you are the gastronomic story core of the Italian American community. That's true. You have documented the food traditions of a generation that within 20 or 30 years, we are going to lose. True. Yeah. And in the future, if it's next month or 100 years from now or 1,000 years from now, when you watch those grandmothers, you're going to understand what our lives were. And the recipes are one part of the puzzle. The recipes are the gastronomic tactile experience of who they are. But the interaction you have with them is who they are as people and how they influenced us. And I say this to you privately all the time, and I want to put it on a t-shirt. We as a community owe you a tremendous debt because no one understands how you have sacrificed to make this happen.
5: No, I'm not saying like it's not important, like what all of us do isn't important and impactful and necessary, but you know, we're all tired.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but I I don't know. I,
0: I I will say, I think that that's a great point that just being with your friends is a big boost getting together on phone calls that you'd probably be having a little bit less frequently, but now you get to at least have them on a regular basis is a blessing. And honestly, you can see sometimes, especially through the COVID we've released on a Monday or a Tuesday, that's because I'm doing the editing and sometimes it gets overwhelming and you can't just edit all night. And uh, there's some weeks where you just don't have it in you. But you know that there's people like you guys out there in the neighborhood and other listeners who are really engaged who send us letters and tell us how much they look forward to it and how it makes them remember their grandparents and things. So you you sort of have an obligation. You know, you, you go down this path with people, and you you ask them to allow you into their ears every week and into their lives and their families. And so there's an obligation that comes with that. And, you know, if you just sort of drop it when you don't feel like it, why would anybody engage you? You know, so there's something about that too. I think.
5: I mean, I go through that all the time. I always say, like, you know, when things get really difficult or really uh, just feels like too much, and I'm like, but what would happen? Would I just disappear? Like, what about the people? Like, wouldn't the people like
4: yeah. Who's gonna do it? That's the yeah. question. Well, that's that is the something that you always think about is if you you know if we're not doing this, who's doing it? But I also think too, like for me. I mean, I have three kids and I'm always thinking like, I'd love for them to be able to listen to the podcast. Like if we didn't have the podcast, what are they, how are they going to stay connected? You know what I mean? Or things that we're doing like, you know, Rosella's cookbooks that I can show them and I have shown them. And when they're older, they can, you know, this is all stuff that you're creating that I'll like Pat said, will be around for a long time. So I think that that's also a motivating factor and that's an important motivating factor because if we want kind of the traditions to live on for generations, then the work has to get done now because, you know, it's it's just going to get harder and harder to keep it going.
5: I'm just imagining listening to, like, if my parents recorded a podcast, like, when they were young and then I had to listen to it.
4: <laughs> I, had
0: to.
5: I think about that with the baby a lot. Yeah.
0: I remember somebody we met one time. I don't know if I was in New Orleans or somewhere and a listener came up and uh, said, I want to ask you, are you guys really friends? And I said, yeah, we're, we're really friends and we've been <laughs> friends, you know, and I didn't think about the fact that people don't know that. So that's a big part of what makes us tick, I think, is we, we like each other. You think so? You don't
2: think we like each other? <laughs> you think people don't realize that we, we have a relation, that this is just an outward manifestation of a, of a relationship we have amongst ourselves?
0: I don't think we can take for granted that people get that. No,
3: I've never thought of that.
2: Ask people, Charlie, did you know that? Did you realize that we we were all friendly with each other before any of this?
4: Yeah, yeah, you could feel it. I mean, it just, once you start listening long enough, you kind of feel like you're a part of the family too. So it, Aww, you could you tell. You honor. could tell. That's the goal. Yeah, Pat. <laughs> dysfunctional family.
2: Very, <laughs> oh, yeah. very
0: dysfunctional family. Yep, with an editor. <laughs> with an editor. Uh, Charlie, thank you for the question. I appreciate it very much. And now we have uh, Janet Baker. So, Janet, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, everybody. Hey, Janet. Janet. Welcome. My question, actually, I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum as Charlie, because um, where I grew up in Yorktown, there really, there was no uh, neighborhood that was Italian. We were the Italians on the block. Then my not Italian neighborhood would be my grandmother's in the Bronx, and In Virginia, we don't really have anything that's left that I can find of different things that I can do to be involved, that's anything close. I live close to Richmond, and there's really not a whole lot here. This is basically my neighborhood.
2: (laughs) That makes us happy.
1: Can I ask you, how did you wind up
2: in Yorktown?
1: Um, My dad was born and raised in the Bronx. And he went to, um, Fordham Fordham. Yes.
0: That's my alma mater.
1: Yeah. John went to Fordham. And from there, um, he ended up applying to work at NASA. Oh. Oh, wow. And, um, he worked there for 36 years. Wow. Um, so basically he moved it down there and the whole, the family, um, we all grew up there. Actually the house I grew up in, he and my grandfather built.
2: Wow! Is your mother Italian? No,
1: my mother. My mother is um, Irish and German. I think. Yeah, German.
2: From Virginia or from New York?
1: Um, no, she's she, her family was um, in Tennessee, and then down in Florida. They actually met
2: at um, Langley Air Force Base. Wow! Sorry. I could go on and on, Janet, in this conversation, but they're going to pull the plug on me. <laughs> I, I see, I see the, the hatchet coming out. I'm sure one of them.
0: We've been talking that, about that it.
2: That's fascinating. Janet, but you Janet. know what, though? If you take, can I just say this to Janet before yeah. I'm muted? You know who has a very interesting experience similar to yours? There was a large Italian population in Mississippi. Uh-huh. is Mississippi. And I always think about them because some of them came from a town in Salerno called Vijano and they were musicians, because Vigano's number one export was violinists, as crazy as it sounds. They would send musicians all around the world, and some of them had went to Cuba, and from Cuba, they went to Nance's. But when they got there, the community was so small, they were forced to intermarry. These were people who spoke broken English, who wound up, wind, wound up marrying women in the South, because that was just the only pool that was there. And how they're, um, I'm always kind of fascinated about their identity because they have an Italian identity. So they will be like 18th Italian and they will self identify as Italian American, but they really have never had any real connection to the culture at all. And that's what I say to John all the time the future of the Italian community is through self identity. Yes. That's why I say so much of this is going to be what it's going to be an an identity of choice.
1: Right, It, it is.
2: Did you ever feel discrimination in the South having an Italian last name?
1: Um, Not so much. Not in the area I was from. I, my dad had several people that he worked with that were Italian. And actually I have, I have friends that still can't pronounce my last name, which is to- Tosti.
3: I, I thought got, you meant Baker. I was like, wow. <laughs>
2: T-O-S-I?
3: <laughs> I married a baker. <laughs> Forget about pronouncing a Dolorata.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Diana, let me ask you something. Where's your family from in Italy?
1: Uh, My grandmother is from a little town in uh, the mountains in um, Mm -hmm. Riccioliana, which is in Salerno. And my grandfather is from the Abruzzo area, from San Vito Chiantino.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, because Tossi is a very Abruzzese name. Yes. Where's your grandmother from in Salerno?
1: It's a town um, that's up in the mountains above
2: Cava de Torini. Oh, yeah, sure. Cava had a Benedictine Abbey there. Yeah. a very, very, yeah, yeah the, the battia de Cava. Janet, we've been asking you
0: questions. Do you have a question for any one of us?
3: <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was trying to get you <laughs>
1: 15
5: minutes ago. Janet, was there it. an actual
1: question? <laughs> I do want to thank Anthony and Dolores for um, beginning this. I had gotten early on when Anthony had gone to see where he was from. And I took some of that when we went, we actually went two years ago and visited uh, my grandparents' hometowns. And that, that was really, uh, how do you put it?
3: It was just amazing.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it was, yeah. We
3: know, we, we know the feeling, yeah, we understand. We understand the feeling.
4: That's why everyone, we've said it, and I know John says it all the time, too. That's why everybody should go back to their, with the towns that they're from, whether they have family and they're living or not. Just you got to see it, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like it.
3: Good for you, Janet, that you made that trip. That's amazing. Yeah. It was a promise I made
1: my dad. Oh. God bless you.
0: That's wonderful. It's beautiful. It means a lot that this show pushes people to do stuff. and
3: It does. We really do
0: talk about that off mic a lot. Somebody will call and say, Oh, you know, I named my son after my father because of the conversation on the show, or I made eel for the first time for my family in two generations because of the show. And it means a lot to us. So, Janet, thank you so much on behalf of all of us.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Janet, for sharing that with us. Appreciate it. Thanks, Janet. Uh,
0: all right. The next question we have is Christina Pedota. Holy daughter. And I hope I got that right, Christina. I am dyslexic. So forgive me. There's a lot of P's and O's in there.
6: Yes, you did very well. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, um, Jersey girl here in California. Always thought I'd get back home. It's a tough go. I understand you, Janet. It's a tough go. There are pockets here. Of course, you got to be in major cities like San Francisco, LA, San Diego. I'm outside Sacramento. I've found some groups. Um, small clusters, pretty exciting. Most folks I've encountered in my locale are all from the north of Italy, which is fine. Um, moving forward, my kids, I think are calling California home, not sure where the future will take them. Uh, What one thing do you guys do and will you be doing that you think is paramount to taking our heritage, our culture, our history forward with your families?
0: Good question. Who wants to go first?
3: Well I'll go first. I know that this is not a an option for everybody but as Christine I know you know and and many of you know I am a new mom and Mm -hmm. for me the biggest thing is teaching Angelo to speak Italian and it's like this it's just my thing. Like I know like every mom has like a thing you know that is important to them. It's like I have friends who, you know, uh, like natural medicine is their thing with their kids. I have moms who uh, making sure that they read, uh, like do flashcards and lots of games with their kids is their thing. And for me, since he was born, speaking Italian to him and singing to him in Italian, and I almost 100% of the time speak to him in Italian. And I just feel like in the language is everything.
5: And to help Dolores'
0: effort, I also speak Italian to the kid. When That's
2: I'm true. Kid. <laughs> you got to speak Malay, bro. I was going to say that, but they were going to yell.
3: Yeah, Pat, <laughs> now Pat's going to get into, you should, oh, Pat, P.S. your card for his birthday. Hilarious, not to get on a tangent, but Pat wrote the baby a whole card in Don.
0: What's oh, a tangent?
3: A ta- <laughs> 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 Tell, basically telling him not to speak Italian.
2: You should speak to a kid in Navidadon. But you know, that's a whole episode.
3: He an accent,
2: so. Why don't you speak to a kid in Chinese? <laughs> that's not your native language either, and neither is Italian. Your he's, native language is Napolitan. You know, you're right. He's right. I don't right. want to
4: Here hear this. Go. He's right. Right.
2: They're never going to listen again after this. They're going to say it's again probably right. true. Because you Let's can be clear. You, clear. Get to, you get to language. weed out all, regional language. Thank you.
5: Dolores the- Italian is very novel don it's just like the, uh, uh, the
0: bushhead. <laughs> 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 it's very I was there that, yeah I heard a lot of cues dropped this weekend at the birthday I cued it, I'm like oh this is a Neapolitan party
2: the best part no the, Dolores the best part was when your mother was with your son by the cake yeah And his sister goes cue Jean yeah I, I did
0: catch that <laughs> so what about uh, what about you Ro what's the one thing you would uh, say was paramount
5: um I guess Consistently going back to Italy. I mean, I, you know, it's a good one too. Where am I going? I'm, I'm probably going to Maldives body. I can't stand half the fighting with half of my family. <laughs> right, there. can't stand them. After about thirty days, I start to just itch. I gotta come, I gotta come home. I, I, you know, why am I here? Why do I come here? I could go anywhere. Why do I come here and suffer? But I'm never leaving. Where am I going? <laughs> my, my, my parents are buying a house there. My mother-in-law oh, wow. in the house there. You know, we we're all gonna we're all gonna suffer together forever.
0: That's the Italian family motto.
5: There you go. <laughs> it sounds <is> about right. <laughs> and to create the experience that I had, because now it's Disney World. When I was there, when I was seven, it would be like we would go to Campania, you know, and they're like, "Oh, how nice is it? Like a cement uh, a compound with a gate that you know you can't leave." It's across the street from a beach, but not like a nice beach, like a rocky beach it needed like shoes to go in the water. And when it would rain, the electricity would go out. We had one black and white TV. We got cartoons like, you know, when, when my uncle wasn't watching soccer. And our only pastimes were catching lizards or stealing almonds and breaking them open with rocks. So that, that's like the character building that I would like my kids to experience. So. <laughs> Not, not 2020 Italy where they're going to like, you know, beach clubs and stuff and you know, no, they have to have like Great Depression-esque Italian fun.
3: That was my childhood in Italy. It yeah. was like 17 hours at the dinner table with like elderly <laughs> relatives and my father not letting us leave the table at all. Like I would be literally like, I'm going to, I'm crying. I'm going to cry.
6: The I'm children's crying. table is strictly an Italian American children's table.
4: Say
3: that again. Yeah, I don't I think know. it is
6: Italian American. Oh I yeah. No, but the children's table. Yeah, I
4: remember. Right, that. right. In my yeah. My grandma's basement. The yeah. yeah. We had that
0: at my grandma's.
5: We got like the coffee table, and we had to like kneel. or Yes. The there you go.
0: That's what we did. We ate at the coffee table, table in the living room.
5: <laughs>
0: which my yeah. grandmother covered in a in a thing she made out of some vinyl that I think was flooring, so we could do whatever we wanted on, and then she just wipe it off. I don't know. It was, but we loved my, it.
3: I know it was covered it was covered. Yeah. Everything so was covered. Anthony has three kids. He should answer Christina's question too.
4: Um. So first of all, I think the trip that when I went to Italy um, a couple summers ago and we spent six weeks there and visited kind of the, the our ancestral villages, I think that that's a game changer. I mean, if you want to like, that's a lasting impact for them, like no matter what happens from here on out, they're going to remember that. I mean, we're probably going to go back again, but I feel like that really connected them to their roots. And like when now, like for them, which is what I was saying when I was in my mid 30s saying, I don't know what it means that where I'm from in Italy, they already know that and they can kind of carry that with them and they have a good picture of that. So I think that that's a good thing that that you could definitely do and that I'll try to continue to do things like that. But I think the other thing kind of in response to both uh, Christina and Janet's question with regards to, you know, staying connected. I think that was one of the ideas too with the neighborhood, like way back when, I think it'll just get easier as it grows. Um, And I know like we had, I think I, I think I've shared this with a lot of you, but I know we had a member who I don't think she's been in here that much recently. Um, Corinne, who's lives in Hawaii, who, who went from California to Hawaii and she's Italian and her and her husband have a coffee farm out there so I went there for a wedding last year, a year ago or so, and I contacted her and our whole family went to the whole, uh, the coffee farm there and they gave us a great tour and we had a great time with them and it was a lot of fun. And the point being is that we're hoping, I think, that the neighborhood grows. So like if you go somewhere, you can right. just connect with another couple of members, you know, so that it can be like an online experience, but also an in-person experience when as it grows and we have some hubs or we have some areas where we know that there are a lot of people, or if you're just going to travel, you can reach out on the Facebook group and say, Hey, I'm going here. Does, is anyone around this area, which I see people doing already actually, you know, yes. and getting together and stuff like that. So I think like a lot of the older, like Italian American groups, you know, there aren't as many as there used to be. And so we need to just create new ways to do it, which is why we, you know, call this the new neighborhood. Because that's the idea behind it. And we're hoping that it extends beyond the online forum so that wherever you are you know hopefully you can make connections and 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 build friends and and the online avenue make sure that you can always do it on a daily basis but it doesn't mean that you know we we want to do the in person too
3: i think our ultimate vision for Anthony and i with the new neighborhood was like wouldn't it be amazing if people found other people like janet for instance you would find other people in your area and then you know maybe not every sunday cuz we try to be realistic about or the times that we're living in, but maybe you would meet those people in the neighborhood and maybe once a month you would get together on Sunday and right. you would have this, you know, with your families and you would kind of recreate as best you could these dinners that you remember so fondly. And you could grab, you know, one of Rose cookbooks and make some of these recipes that maybe you know your your Medellin parts of the family don't want to eat anymore, right? But you could do <laughs> you could do it with, your, with your new neighborhood friends, and it's not every day. It's not like you know living back in the Bronx, uh, you know, back in the day when like your father lived there. But it keeps you connected, and I I think once a month having a dinner like that on a Sunday could really go a long way in your life and making you exactly. feel right, like more connected and richer, and and have this like deeper um, like even like a spiritual depth, right. To mm-hmm. your, to your daily lives, you know, maybe, maybe okay. you guys start making homemade wine together and you start drinking that at the dinner. So, you know, like, that's like hope happens at some point.
6: I think without a doubt you have definitely succeeded making those connections.
3: Well, that's terrific to hear. Thank you so much. That's great. You think so? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I, I, no, honestly, <laughs> totally sincerely it's always like surprised
4: by this (laughs) yeah i am i really am pat thinks that we get on the phone and we talk to each other and no one ever hears it so he likes the idea that you know he he's i think he's happy that he other people have found found it
0: well i i can tell you for sure christina that as Dolores says creating an occasion out of the ordinary or even out of the extraordinary you know my grandparents passed away and and i saw salmon on our table for Christmas Eve one year I was like I think I was, I was 16 my grandfather passed away and I was like this is not going to happen so i taught my grandmother taught me all the recipes I made my I'm the oldest so my brothers and all my cousins learned how to do it with me and I made an occasion out of it we would go shopping together and now even though I could do the shopping on my own and I you know we could do less fish than 13 and now it's become a tradition and, and I knew even if nobody wanted to eat it but a few people in the family. If we kept the eel on the table, the younger kids would grow up experiencing it, so it would be normal for them. So we we made every, I made every effort, and my brothers and stuff to to, to really ritualize in a in a good way, you know, not in an ossified way, and evolve with it. But to ritualize the stuff that was important to us, and now, you know, people look forward to it, and and uh, new members have come into the family through birth and marriage and this and that, and uh, it's their ritual too. So
3: normalize the eel. That's a t-shirt. What's that? Normalize the eel. Well, I don't know if we're going to normalize the
6: eel,
2: but we'll try. No, eel is so good. Don't write off eel. Don't knock it until you try it.
6: My father loved it.
2: He would catch it outside of seaside
6: in the um, bay. He would wow. catch it, and then he'd put it in the pail and put it in the bathroom without telling anybody until he was ready to put it in the sauce.
0: Wow. <laughs> I've never caught my own eel. That's hardcore.
6: Yeah. Wow. It is great memory.
0: So keep the eel on your table.
5: My dad killed an eel when we were testing for, for the (laughs) hot cookbook.
0: How did he do it?
5: He bought it alive um, in Brooklyn and then he brought it to our house when we lived in New Jersey. And, um, he, he remembered that my great grandmother used to like nail it to a board Yeah. (laughs) the head and and then you got to like try and like catch it yeah it was, it's bad. you got to try and cut it i don't know he was you know i was like you want me to help you and he was like <laughs> get out of here and i went back 10 minutes later and it looked like a crime scene oh.
0: if there was any outtakes I of cooking like Nona, i'd like to see it be Vito chasing an eel with a hammer and a nail that'd be amazing
6: it was just it <laughs> at <row> to get <laughs> out you can recreate that on the next um you know podcast tour open invitation plenty of room out here in california in my house anybody thank gets thank <laughs> thank you drop a note That's thank you
0: nice. it's a sad a sad uh, reality that you know ro and i have been doing a lot of the planning together for the greetings from italian america show on youtube and we had planned out with our production guy joe i think we we're gonna do four or five spots in california right we we were in new orleans wow. in march and then maybe april we had planned or may and. and here we are.
5: And then the world ended.
0: Yeah. So now it's greetings from my second bedroom. You know, it is uh, it is what it is. Um, all right. So next in line, Stephanie, is uh, Sharon Leggio-Falchuk, who is a name familiar to some of our hosts here. So Sharon, welcome to the first live episode.
7: Hi, Sharon. Long time, no see, Sharon. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, a little bit of a deeper question, but one of the things I love is when you guys talk about blood memory and um, epigenetics and I totally geek out to all that stuff. So I was curious, we talk a lot about the positive aspects, obviously, of our culture, there are many. But um, I'm wondering, as you guys have done this, kind of some of the less than positive themes and cycles in our culture that um, hopefully we can come together to kind of break the cycles and heal. And I'm just wondering what some of those are and what some of your suggestions are for kind of moving forward in a positive way with those those things that are kind of hanging us up maybe.
2: Wow, what a question. John, can I jump in with this? Go ahead. It's a good one. I think as a culture, we suffer from a, um, a high geographical worldview in the sense that like, you know, like you never speak bad of the dead. The one thing about my grandparents' generation was I never ever heard them criticize, anybody of that generation have any critical word to say about their parents. You know, or, or, you know, like their older relatives. And the reason I say it is, like, there was, like, abuse, alcoholism, uh, physical violence, you know, adultery, abandoning. I mean, like like the same problems that plagued us plagued them. And I think that they were just kind of, um, they were formed just to, like, suck it up and take it because you couldn't embarrass the family. And I think that, like, um you know, it wasn't always, it wasn't always, I think that we're, we're great of talking about, you know, a, a friend of mine, an Italian friend of mine from Italy, he'd be 90 now, he was from uh, Molise, he would go to all these Italian American events I would go to, and he goes like, you know, I'm sick and tired of hearing everybody say, oh, my father worked so hard, he worked three jobs, and, you know, my mother used to, scream, you know, scrub the floor with a toothbrush, like, you know, I think that part of, the negative parts of our culture, I think that we don't do a good job of discussing because I think there's a taboo about talking about business outside the family. Does that
7: make sense, Sharon? Yeah, totally. I mean, I have a similar experience and I just feel like we're not going to heal and improve if we don't face them. Things. I mean, Dolores talks about it on her new, her new show a lot where we can take the positive aspects and kind of prune away, you know, like we would in a garden basically, but prune away the things that are less than ideal and kind of cultivate and nurture the things that are positive. And I don't think we can do that by just continuing to sort of ignore them. Um, You know?
3: Yeah, it's well said. I think that, I think what Pat's also pointing to is the twofold It's almost like a, I don't know that it's a romanticizing because I, I, I think it's more out of like love for the family. Like I have, I mean, in my own life and my siblings were a lot older than me. Have even like kind of worse experiences, but I know so many cousins. Like we kind of joke about it now, but you know we grew up with like very old school mentality, um, and and we're always like we stop and we have these moments where we go, gosh, if we were like American kids, like straight up American, we probably like wouldn't we probably hate our parents or you know still be blaming them for quote all this stuff that they did to us. Um, But there's something, I don't know, there's something about the Italian family, especially the Southern Italian family. I think it's also being like the children of immigrants, that there's like this forgiveness, there's this understanding that they did the best they could. And you you like hit this point where you just, the love of the family becomes greater than what you may or may not have suffered. And I'm sure that there's psychological like I know there's like, I know there are psychological <laughs> ramifications to that and I think I, I think we would probably do good for all of us to kind of like look into that sometimes I do think like in my family I am the one who does obviously Sharon not surprisingly listening to the to Bella Figura the new show you hear me talk about that a lot um I'm probably the one who looks into these things most but you know I I notice, for instance talking about you mentioned blood memory I know a lot of stories about like my grandparents and they were, they were like make a Hollywood movie about, a, you know, like Southern Italian stereotype, like vendetta, you know, like, like, like when, if you cross them, that was it. Um, they had that pension. And I
2: agree with that a hundred percent towards.
3: Yeah. You know, like they, they really were that. And, I'm only I'm only a generation removed from them and so I notice in my own life that I have that penchant like I it's in me I feel it a lot you know and I have to always step back and know that that's like in my blood but that's not how I want to live I don't want to perpetuate that I do not think that that's a good way to live I mean I uh, just a quick example like my 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 mater- paternal grandmother did not go to her sister's funeral because my grandfather would not let her because of something her sister had done like 25 years earlier. That's not a tradition I want to pass on to anybody in my family.
2: And I think even in Campania, I think Neapolitans are very much like that too. Yeah. Because even my grandmother's family, people didn't talk. Mm -hmm. I mean, a stupid stuff would go on for... Exactly. My granddad had two sisters. I was so close to them. And I ha- my granddad had two sisters that they- I mean, I don't want to go off on it because I don't know how much Johnny it's out, but they didn't talk. And my one aunt died and I was like, this is sick. Yes. This is right. really, you know, for how loving they were to me as a child, they could, they could be like, yep. I don't, I don't even know. I can't even find the word. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even know how, I think that had a big influence on me in life of letting stuff go. My mother would say to me, Oh, you're stupid. You let things go. (laughs) And I'm like, What's the alternative? You don't talk to me over for 20 years? Exactly. Over, like, you know, stupidity. Right. But I think there's an evolution. We've evolved, I think, somewhat to that. Right.
0: As usual, you took the words out of my mouth, Pat. I think there's an evolution. I think there's something to be said about, you know, planting the root of who we are as a family, as a sociology, blood memory, whatever you want to call it. Planting it in the soil of a different place like this, you know, it does wear off. There's something to be said about education as part of the culture and not even just access to education, but the idea of a society that prioritizes it differently. Because even today in modern Italy, it's not prioritized the same way uh, as it is here or as it has been here in prior generations. So I don't know what the education system is doing now. Um, I think it's interesting that the, all of us here, the three of us, are, you know, sharing similarly. I have made a very conscious effort in my life, probably from high school on, to be less brusque with people, dismissive of people, I would say angry and um, tense, you know, and, and and part of that is my faith life. That's been a big part of it. But also part of it is a sociological consciousness of, okay, I see where these behaviors come from in my family, in my ethnicity, in our history. And so if you can highlight them and understand how they're impacting you, even if it's not the root cause, even if that's where you, even if it gives you that nice little package to sort of diagnose yourself, I guess, um, you can work to improve. And so I'm infamous in my family for being the forgiving one and always bringing everybody back together. And uh, they call me the Brioski of my family. You know, I have to settle the stomach. And so I I, I don't care who's fighting. We get them in the same room. And you know, sometimes you're like a camp counselor. And some, it could be my grandparents or my uncles and aunts, whatever. But I just think that there's um, there's something to be said about that evolution, I think. I think you're right, Pat.
3: Good question, Sharon.
0: Yeah, great question, Sharon. <laughs> so that's part one of our special Q&A live event. And hopefully you guys come back in a couple of weeks for part two we got a really interesting episode coming your way next week looking at Italian-Americans and the quest for the presidency. So that should be one with a little added pertinence right before the election. And then we'll be back after that with a little more of the question-and-answer event that was really so much fun to put together. And a huge grazie to all the neighbors out there who participated in the event. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and hopefully you out there in the audience enjoyed listening to what goes on in our new neighborhood. And again, if you'd like to join, you can visit our website or you could find the new neighborhood membership on italianneighborhood.com. It's a great place to be. A lot of fun stuff goes on. And when the world returns to normal, we're going to have some really interesting live events coming your way. So hopefully you guys will consider becoming one of our neighbors and helping to grow our platform, but also finding a new way to participate in your Italian-American life. So from all of us at the Italian-American podcast, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. So see that you're
2: born in an Italiano And your life will be
1: great See that you're born in
2: Italian.
1: If you want your
2: life to be great, see that you're born an Italiano and your life will be great. See that you're born an Italiano and your
1: life will be